Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Foss Corporation, LLC. Welcome to the Mansion on the Hill. This is the home of Terry's Serious Moments. Stories of oddness, of weirdness of nature gone strange. This is season four. We thank you for coming along for the ride. Hope you enjoy it. Hello, my Mysterian friends. I just want to give you an update on what's been going on in my house lately. As long-term listeners will remember... I have talked about the houses I've been, lived in, the house I grew up in, the houses I've lived in since then, and the supernatural or paranormal things that have happened to me in those houses. Well, I want to recover some of that stuff, and then I want to tell you about what's been going on lately. I grew up in a small town in Central Texas called Lexington, and the house I lived in had been built in 1940 from lumber from a previous building. I don't know if it was a house or barn or what, but this lumber that the house was built from was so old that you couldn't hardly drive a nail into the wall. Well, growing up in that house, there were eight of us, my parents and six of us kids. So I never had my own room until everybody started leaving for school, for college and work and things. And when my two oldest brothers went on their government-sponsored senior trip to Southeast Asia, the things that I heard and saw in that house were not really scary to me, except if I were home alone. Now, as a kid, I stayed home alone a lot on Friday nights when everybody else went to the football game because there was a movie I wanted to see on TV. And back in the day, that was when people could stay at home and not worry about somebody coming into the house. The good old days. I would stay up late starting about the age of eight. Uh, My mom would let me on agreement that if I ever gave her a problem getting up the next morning, I would go to bed at eight o'clock at night. So I made sure every time I stayed up late, I got up on time the next morning. Well, because I stayed up late, I got to watch a lot of television, and a lot of it was old old talk shows, Dick Cavett, Merv Griffin, things like that. And sometimes they would have subjects of the paranormal on there. I remember seeing Uri Geller on some of these talk shows, bending keys and spoons and whatnot and 
I don't know what to think about that. I thought it was an interesting trick, and I still think it's a trick. But every now and then, they would have someone talking about certain situations involving the paranormal. And one that I remember in particular was they were telling a story of this young man who was injured and thought to be paralyzed from the neck down, laying in the hospital bed alone at night, you know, when things quietened down. And he heard a child going up and down the hall, bouncing a a rubber ball. He didn't think much about it. I'm, you know, the nurse will take care of it. Well, it didn't happen. And when it did go quiet, he felt something hit the bed and brush up against his hand. He thought he was paralyzed, so he couldn't reach it. It rolled harder against his hand. And he was able to move his hands and grab the ball. And using all of his strength and all of his ability, he was able to throw the ball off the bed, you know, get it back to the child. And a little while later, after he had rested a bit, it happened again. But this time, it didn't roll up by his hand. It rolled up almost to his hand. And again, he stretched and strained with all of his might. And he was able to actually move enough to get the ball off the bed again. That was an interesting thing that he wasn't even really thinking about. And after a few minutes, the ball came up on the bed again, making him stretch to knock it off the bed. Well, this kept happening during the night until finally he was able to move at least from the waist up. His doctors couldn't understand how he was paralyzed from the neck down then suddenly he can move to his waist. Eventually the young man got better and was able to walk again. He got full use of his legs back. But when he was trying to explain to the doctors and his parents what happened, He kept talking about this little ball that kept bouncing on his bed and wanting to give it back to the child. His mother said, what kind of ball are you talking about? He said, oh, it's a little rubber ball. And then he described it, the colors and the design on it, whatever. Mother turned ashen white. The father started sweating. And the doctor said, do you recognize what he's talking about? And the father nodded slowly. And the mother said, that was our first son who died before this son was born. And he always played with a a rubber ball of this design. And he was buried with that ball, doctor. So that was one of the stories I grew up with. Uh, Another one was when they were making the movie The Devil's Reign, which if you don't know anything about it, don't look it up. It's a terrible movie. William Shatner, Ernest Borgnine, and a a small part by John Travolta. The movie had a lot of cultic, satanic-type themes in it, and they were filming it in this old town. They had to use the hotel that was available to them, and they were sleeping like two to a room. And two of the actors were in their bedroom, and they started hearing all kinds of noises in the room, and one of them got pretty scared and the other one got the Bible opened it up to the Psalm of Protection which is Psalm 91 and it reads in part whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty I will say of the Lord he is my refuge and my fortress my God in whom I trust 
Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare, from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. It goes on to talk about God's protection. And these two actors put the Bible on the bed table between them, left it open to this psalm. And they turned out the lights and things were quiet for a little bit. And then they heard this awful ripping and shredding and a big thump against the other wall. When they turned the light back on, the Bible was in pieces across the other part of the room. There were other stories from that movie filming, but that was the one I remember mostly. Well, those are the kinds of shows that I, I stayed up to watch. I mean, I enjoyed scary movies. I didn't realize that I had scary stuff going on in my house that I didn't really consider scary because it happened and that was kind of it. We talk a lot about orbs now, and orbs are supposedly spirits hanging around. Most of the time, I think they're dust or moisture, but that's just me. Because when I was a kid, one of the, quote, paranormal experts, unquote, suggested that if you see a flash of light in your peripheral vision, then that flash of light is someone's spirit hanging around. Now, the thing about this is, as a child sitting in that big family room that we had, watching TV late at night or alone at night, I would see flashes of light all around me. And I didn't think anything about it. I thought it maybe was just something with my vision. And, and it still could be. But they were there. And I still see flashes of light today. Just once or twice ever so often. Well, this paranormal expert saying that this could be the spirit's departed people. Okay, made me think. Maybe I do have people watching over me. Or people sitting around waiting for me to invite them into my life. You know, that kind of thing. Uh, that wasn't really scary to me, but later on, as I became the only child still at home, things ramped up. I had my bedroom, which is in the middle of the house, and I was asleep one night. I was awakened by something, and I woke up, and standing at the head of my bed, which I was sleeping backwards on the bed, I was sleeping under the uh, at the foot of the bed, because the ceiling fan would blow there. I looked toward my windows and I saw this tall hooded, not hooded, cloaked figure with what I call a Dracula cape and red glowing eyes. And there were two wolves standing beside it with red glowing eyes. Now, I know for a fact that I screamed like a little girl and crab walked backwards off the foot of the bed to get away from it. And when my feet touched solid ground, it wasn't there anymore. Now, could I have been just half awake and, and having a bad dream? Yeah, I guess I could have been, but this thing was real. Because I asked my mother the next morning, I said, Mom, did you hear me scream during the night? Said, no, why? Did you have a bad dream? Said, yeah, I had a very bad dream. Another time... When I was in a different bedroom, and, and I was not the only one at home, I was laying in bed, 
and it was a Saturday night, and I was waiting for my brothers to come home, you know, not waiting up for them, but uh, just knowing that they were home, you know, and I was looking out the window, up at the stars, and I felt someone walk into my room. I didn't see them because I didn't look, but I felt someone walk into my room and stand there looking at me. It was the longest time I have never moved. The clock had struck midnight in the living room, and I heard it because it just echoed through the house. Then it struck one, and then it struck two, and I went to sleep out of, what do you say, uh, stress? I, I was stressed out, so I went on to sleep. I woke up the next morning, and I guess we were getting ready for church. I woke up the next morning, and my mom, the day before, had ironed some jeans for me and put them in the chair at the foot of my bed. Well, as I walked by that chair, I looked down and there were creases in those jeans like someone had been sitting in the chair. Now, did my night visitor sit down and watch me after I went to sleep? I don't know. This took place approximately one year after my father had died and about six months after my brother had died. It was kind of eerie because I didn't know if maybe mom was up just walking the house and she didn't say anything because she thought I was asleep or did one of them come back to visit and check on me. And, and to go further, my, my birth mother died when I was a year and three months old. So there's another one to add to the list. Time moves on in that house and, and it comes time for me to leave. I go off to college and then I find a girl to marry and I moved to San Antonio and married the girl and we set up housekeeping of our own. Well, in the first home we lived in, on the property that we live on now, I would work a lot of times at night because I was doing security. Well, that was kind of what the requirements of security was to work nights. And while I was gone, my wife Karen said that she would hear conversations in the den she would hear voices all around the house and she would hear noises people walking things like that and I never I was never here really in the prime time to hear that but years went by and we got us a different house on this property and noticed almost immediately that strange things happened in this house now because of these strange things I don't know if it's the homes that we lived in that were, shall we say, infested, or if it's the property that is still inhabited by previous tenants. My wife and I were sitting in the family, in the, I'm sorry, in my bedroom here one night watching TV. We had just finished supper. She was on one side and I was on the other. Uh, she had a table in her laptop. I had a table in my laptop. We, we were both on the internet, we were watching TV, and the bathroom door just swung shut and locked. I mean, not locked, but latched. And I thought, well, this is where my wife goes nuts. Only thing she did was she looked at the door and said, well, I guess he'd had enough. And I, I looked at her innocently and said, he who? And she said, our ghost. Oh, you know about him? Yeah, I've been hearing him for years. 
Oh, well. Then we talked, and she described the things she had heard. Well, we were sitting at the at the tables again a few nights later, and footsteps came out of my bathroom and walked through my bedroom and into the kitchen and onto the rest of the house. And we both heard the heel-toe, heel-toe, heel-toe of, of uh, hard-soled shoes. This thing walked right by us. We heard steps go all the way through the the bedroom and into the kitchen. Uh, We have heard conversations, a man and a woman, but unintelligible. In the den, I have heard music coming from the den, which is really funny because that's where a lot of my CDs are kept, on a rack in the den. Uh... I was outside filming on my carport one day, and it was a stormy day, and there was a voice in the background that kind of went, hey, and there was no one around. There was no one of my neighbors who were outside and no one who talked like that. So I don't know what that was. And one night in my bedroom, I saw a momentary apparition full figure of a woman wearing like a anywhere from the 1880s to the 1920s style dress high lace collar and she just like appeared from the feet up but it was like a camera following up her body and then she disappeared that only lasted for a second or two one night I was here alone I was out in our swimming pool and I looked into my kitchen window where there was no one inside the house. The cats were outside with me and I saw someone look out my window or was looking out my window and then when I looked up to see them they pulled back away from the window. Now I've been seeing things like this for quite a while inside my house and I got to thinking that it was the property that was haunted, not me, and not the ta- not the trailer, not the home we lived in. And when I got in the house later on, I was sitting on the corner of the bed watching TV, and about two feet off my right ear sounded like a gunshot. Just... <laughs> it was not a loud gunshot. I did it louder than the sound was, but it still hurt my hearing. And for a while, things were quiet. Well, I say for a while, and then they started picking back up. Here lately, I have heard all kinds of odd noises. And it's not my cat, because she's sitting right by me. And things fall. Uh, things are moved. And I still hear conversations in the den. I, I have what I call my phantom pets because I can feel a cat jump up on my bed. And we have had several cats and several cats have died because, you know, cats don't always live a long time. Well, these cats jump up on my bed or this cat, whichever. And I can sometimes feel them actually come up to me like I'm laying down they come up to get scratched and there's no cat there Um, 
things have touched to me. As I'm laying here watching TV, I can feel things touch me on the legs or feet, whatever. And just strange things like that have been happening lately. My perspective on these things is not necessarily haunting so much as just, pardon the expression, reliving events that happened in the past. Now, some of, some of what I feel may be intelligent, some of what I feel is not. Um, the, the theory of the stone tape is that events can have such power as to be ingrained in the surroundings. Therefore, the surroundings under moments of extreme power or duress or whatever can cause a replay of something that happened years ago. I haven't done investigation on the property of my house as far as ownership records or, or anything like that because frankly I don't know where to go or who to do it with. So if any of you know how to do that let me know. Um, I have been told that back when I was 19, uh, back when I was 17, I got shot in the knee by a, a unloaded gun uh, that I was working on. Yes, it was self-inflicted, but it was not intentional. Well, then two years later, they took the bullet out. So I was 19. I had just signed up for my last semester of junior college, went into the hospital and had the bullet out and went home the next day and let me tell you the inch long scar to take that bullet out hurt worse than the five inch scar they opened my knee up with when it originally happened but uh, sometime later I saw the doctor in a, in a local store and he asked me how I was doing how I was getting along and I said oh I'm doing fine he said well you, you have any trouble with your leg I said, no not at all because he had told me a lot of things, you know, I'd have arthritis in it and I would limp and I couldn't be able to run. And I proved to him that I could run and I'd never had arthritis in it unless, now he told me it would be arthritis if it was getting colder. My knee hurts like the Dickens if it's going to get hotter. Eh, bass backwards, yeah, I know. Well, other things he said didn't happen the way he said they would. So he then told me, he said, you know, you almost died on the operating table. Well, I don't doubt it because they had to give me two big shots of whatever it was to knock me down. And they came in with horse syringes that looked, you know, looked like they were huge. Shot me once and it had no effect. And they shot me twice and I finally went down for the count and they did the surgery. Well, uh, he told me that I nearly died on the table. Now, I don't remember seeing a big white light or anything like that. I didn't see Jesus standing at the end of a tunnel. I didn't see people who I knew were dead come to welcome me. I didn't see that. And, but it explains much later happenings. So, here I am. Now I'm 60. I'm closer to death than I was the birth of my 
itself. And do I think that there may be people trying to contact me or just watch over me as I get older? It could be, yes. I believe that could be a, a thing. I don't actively go seeking them. If there's a ghost in my house, fine. They've never bothered me. Might have given me a little bit of a turn every now and then, but they haven't scared me. They haven't frightened me. They haven't caused me to feel bad about things. In fact, I'm kind of happy they're here, you know. Gives me evidence of something I've already believed in, and that's life after death. Well, that's about all that I know of that's been going on in my home. My wife could probably tell you more, but she's at work. So I just wanted to recap and to bring you up to date on some of the things that have been happening at my house, at the mansion on the hill, shall we say, and invite you, if you have stories that you want to have told, you can send them to me. You can send them to me either recorded or printed. It doesn't matter. If you want me to read them, I'll read them. If you want to read them, you can read them. But if you have stories of ongoing hauntings, ongoing visitations, whatever, send them to me. We'll put them on the air if you want it. Well, that's the show for this week. Thanks for being along for the ride. I want to remind you that on Mondays... Aaron Hunter brings you Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast. Aaron reads listener stories, mostly ghost stories, sometimes UFOs, sometimes cryptids. On Tuesday, Aaron Frail brings you Aaron's Horror Show, different things that he's written. He reviews movies, books, things like that. On Wednesday, it's me, Terry from Texas, with Terry's Mysterious Moments, where we talk about just about anything there is to talk about. And at the first weekend of the month, we have video from The Witching Hour and Unexplained Cases. Aaron has instituted a new area called Entertaining Short Films. That's exactly what they are. They're just short stories, short notes, if you will, and nothing in particular, no particular genre, just entertaining. Remember that you can go to your app store, whether you have Apple or Android, download the RPA app, which is a black square with a blue eye in the middle of it, Download that to the device that you listen to the program on. Install it, and when you open that up, you can go straight to the Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast, and its network. So all the all the stories that are involved with RPA are there, so you don't have to go hunting for them. If you want to contact me at Terry's Mysterious Moments, you can do that on the Facebook page. Or you can email me at Terry's Mysterious Moments at gmail.com. Contact me if you want to. Let's talk about some things. 
that's about it. We'll be back again. Listen to the other shows. Have a good week, everybody.